0: On this episode of the Cinema Syndicate Podcast, we kick off the show by giving our marquee picks for our favorite instances of the literary device denouement in film and TV, and then we get into our featured discussion of the movie Old Boy, a Korean neo-noir action thriller, and we end it by giving our ratings for the film and spinning the wheels. So, let's go! To the cinema syndicate podcast your favorite movie review show whose hot take tentacles are spreading all over from the east coast to the west coast as usual we're joined by the four members of the show mr preston barnes from the west coast how you doing pokey
1: right on faz doing well
0: <laughs> and also we're joined by mr joe fine how you doing joe
2: Gentlemen, Bonsoir from the Dirty Coast.
0: (laughs) And last but not least, we're joined by Mr. Rod Budman. What's going on, Rod? you ready to talk a little bit about your featured film tonight? I'm very excited to talk about Old Boy. Alright, so this is a Rod Budman selection, but before we get into old boy, before we get into our marquee picks, as always, we want to appreciate, first of all, I want to say thanks and a big appreciation to everyone out here there who listens and who has gone to iTunes and rated our show. It really helps us out. I really do appreciate it. If you are listening and you do enjoy the show and you haven't been able to do that little tiny little bit of favor, please go over to iTunes, give us a five star review, write a nice little thing. It really helps us so much. Uh, but before we get into old boy, we always like to do our top three picks. This time we've got a little French variety here. It's called going to be our top three favorite movies that feature the literary or filmed device called de numa, which is sort of a explanation, expository ending, maybe a little bit of a twist. But we're going to do our best to explain it not just through words but through our picks. So Rod, we're going to let you kick it off. Your
3: favorite films that feature de numa, go for it. Okay, so coming in at number three is a personal favorite in a movie we have reviewed on the cast here featuring Denouement, but that's going to be Pan's Labyrinth and Ophelia's either fantasy world or the wor- world in which you know the movie is played out in. Number two is going to be a favorite of a few previous podcaster. That's going to be The Graduate. And then number one is going to be the usual suspects (laughs) and kind of, you know, the last scene when he's walking away and goes from being able being crippled to walking normal. Uh,
0: Right. And when talking about the usual suspects, what was the biggest surprise ending to you that uh, Kevin Spacey's character did it all that he was actually certain. Do you think that he walked like a cripple very well? Was that so convincing to you that you couldn't believe it? What What do you think?
3: Um, I mean, I do think he could have probably thought a little bit better maybe
0: he <laughs> wasn't a convincing cripple to you. But I mean, do you love the name? I think everyone sort of loves the name Kaiser. So say, do you use that in your regular sort of vernacular? or Is that because it's your number one pick? It's got to be one of your favorite movies. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, that movie is fantastic. I mean, like, does everyone else love that movie? I, mean, I can't say I'm in, in love with it because when you have these movies that have a big surprise ending, sometimes it's you don't feel like you need to watch it again because it's almost ruined in some sense. It's almost like you see it once. Do you, I need to see it again because it loses that effect? Do you guys go back and watch something like Usual Suspects, Joe or Preston? That's actually well.
2: one of the films that I've never seen before. That's a, <laughs> oh, So yeah, I was yeah. hoping, yeah, I was paying attention to the,
0: for those of you guys who don't know, Joe Fine has seen over one million films and for some reason has never actually seen Usual Suspects. Uh, he's got just a massive, massive vault. I mean, how many gigabytes of films do you think you have stored in your personal memory, Joe?
2: It's got to be a couple gibibytes, <laughs> yeah,
0: which is an immeasurable uh, metric. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think uh, on the decimal system, probably you can measure it, but on the system we use in the United States, it's definitely immeasurable. Preston, have you seen, what do you think about Usual Suspects?
1: Do you go back and watch something like that or do you? Yeah, I mean, that was a marquee pick of mine not too long ago. I forget what the category was, but yeah, I mean, Usual Suspects is, uh, it's obviously a very classic, I guess it's classic now, um, kind of crime thriller and those last five minutes are certainly, um, I mean, like that is what the film I think is known for. Not to say everything else isn't great because this is a great film, but uh, that I mean, that is the type of scene that I will go back and watch just for it's like, <laughs> you know, the aha moment and like to see him when he's walking away kind of slowly straighten his leg and now he's walking normally. And um, it's just it's just very it's a classic ending to a film. His attorney
0: in that film is uh, I just always associate that guy with Jurassic Park, Two. And whenever I see him, I have that sort of like Leonardo DiCaprio meme thing where like I like point and go, oh, I've seen it. But like I only yeah. like recognize him for Jurassic Park, too. Um, and that's of course so you have the, uh, <laughs>
1: the iconic uh, dropping
0: of the coffee mug yeah and yeah and when he does the little kiss almost like it's like a chef's kiss but it's like oh i just got away with tons and tons of illegal activities yeah. uh <laughs> all right so we're gonna move away from the usual suspects Preston, what do you think your top this was your uh, decision that decision your idea to do denouement what are your three favorite films that feature that
1: um well uh let's see i had quite a long list of films here <laughs> um so i'm gonna go with uh, Number three, it's actually not a film, but a series, Uh, one that uh, I really enjoyed Gosh, so many seasons, but the very end of Homeland, which is a, uh, if you've never seen that TV show, it is really, it's, I mean, it has its ups and downs. It certainly can be. Uh, so you're talking
0: about, so you're, t- I've, I've watched the first three seasons. Are you saying like the final like season has some huge, like exposition, like, explanation as to why everything's been going on is that it really I mean, is like so-
1: somewhat to, to an extent i mean it, it definitely the way the the show ends it certainly ties up um a like bigger storyline certainly within the relationship huh. of, of saul and carrie and i mean it is the type i mean it is a very long series it's the type of series that has it's good seasons it's bad seasons but the last season i thought was excellent and for like any like diehard homeland fan the very last episode was definitely I like they went out on a, a high note you know which a lot of shows cannot say that I think a lot of shows can, <laughs> can uh, certainly garner a very uh you know kind of mixed response but not not homeland all right we'll go for number two all right number two um there are two films I really wanted to talk about here um but I'm gonna go with a film that we've already discussed. And we did a review about because it's just such a good film. And that is Jordan Peele's Us. I thought that was uh, very fun and uh, <laughs> fascinating and, and interesting and different. Um, I'm sure the other film I was thinking about, somebody's going to have it. Um, but um, if you haven't seen Us, definitely go see that. Number one, yeah, I've got another uh, film with... <laughs> I guess you could call the dearly, dearly departed or canceled Kevin Spacey, but that would be seven. Oh, um, a David Fincher film, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, the famous "What's in the Box" ending, um, <laughs> and the seven obviously is a reference to the seven deadly sins, and the serial killer. He basically that's his code. That's how he kills. He's always trying to send a message, and the very last message or very last sin is envy. And you know, the hard thing about this marquee pick, this category, is like you don't want to ruin things for people. But uh, if you haven't seen Seven by now, I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, no, no, this is such this, a great movie,
1: and like that ending is is, I mean, it's the type of ending where everyone watching, like in the theater, is got their mouth open, like holy fucking shit, that <laughs> just happened. I don't really know what to do right now. Joe, have you have you seen Seven, or is
0: that on the uh, the list to watch?
2: How on earth are you guys combing through all of these gigabytes of memory?
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, we're I'm gonna have to go film. back and check check Joe's memory here. I, I don't think he's seen some movies.
3: Joe, I mean, to Wait, be fair, you have not seen Seven. Ninety five percent of it is
0: sort of like British themed porn. If you were for being honest, Joe. <laughs>
2: It's true. Well you've you've already sold me. Oh yeah. I,
1: I, I hate it's to tell about you.
2: It's about like seventy
1: percent of it's Monty Python rewatching. <laughs> <laughs> Monty Python Jeez. like
0: Angela,
1: Angela White stars <laughs> in it. Which by the way, that could be spoiling Joe's
0: pick because technically Monty Python is a denouement sort of India, I think too. Uh Rod, what do you think about Seven? I feel like you said you've seen it and you sort of uh it feels like it's up your alley.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's not one that uh I think I've watched it twice and I'm good now. I mean, I got it. I know it's in the box.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's in the box.
0: Yeah. I'll be honest. I watched it a long, long time ago. And I've kind of kind of, I've obviously remember the ending like Preston said, but it's been so long that I probably can't, I can't really speak too knowledgeably about what actually happened and led up to it to be perfectly frank. Uh, So what we're going to do, we're going to let Joe, you know, reach into that uh, gigabyte list. Uh, We're going to move on to his top three picks. We got Joe. All right, boys.
2: Um, number it, three, Jack. I'm going to go with uh, Easy Rider. The, uh, Ooh, great pick. The uh, Peter Fonda and Dennis Hopper classic from Hey, don't forget Jack. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Um, just the, uh, the two merry pranksters making their way from Mexico to Los Angeles with a bunch of cocaine money. And um, after after a uh, bad trip, and the Mardi Gras parade, uh, they don't make it across the Pearl, as they said. I can see why
0: you uh, why that film resonates with you.
1: But uh, go ahead, number two. So (laughs) many classic people in that film, (laughs) including Uh, the singer of
2: Mickey from 1981. Number two, I'm going to go with Oceans Eleven with uh, the Danny Mall of Terry Benedict. Um, just kind of like how the plan of Danny Ocean and the crew comes together uh, and finally avenges their uh, their friends. He goes into a catatonic state after his casinos bought up and everything, and so they avenge that, steal all the money uh, from Terry Benedict. So that's a fantastic heist movie and a, and a plan coming together. Absolutely. Number, and number one... I'm gonna go with uh, Harrison Ford, Sean Connery uh, in the classic Indiana Jones,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders, yeah. When the Nazis, all the they're, they're trying to find the Holy Grail, right? And they they finally track down the uh, that desert temple with the the old knight in it. And that's such a great scene where this is Last Crusade,
0: by the way. Not Last Crusade, I'm sorry, yeah.
2: I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, sorry. Go ahead. Last Crusade. Here, I mean, let's just start. Let me start that over.
0: If you want to say, uh, and finally Harrison and fi- Ford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll make a note. Yeah. Thank go for you. it.
2: And finally, for my first the, the the my favorite um film is gonna be uh, Indiana Jones: and The Last Crusade with Harrison Ford and Sean Connery. The classic scene in the uh, the desert temple where the Nazis are, are finally about to get their hands on the Holy Grail and, you know, thinking that, of course, Jesus would have this fancy cup with, you know, jewels and gems encrusted of, uh, in a gold cup. You know, he takes this the swig of water from that and the special effects in, you know, 1982 where that guy's skull, <laughs> you know, explodes and everything is, you know, still me oh. to, to this day. So You, you have, have to think. wonder... It- I guess it's sort
0: of like eternal. There's a
2: lot to like question, ponder
0: in that ending or whatever. A, a, I love just that line still resonates so much when he said he chose poorly. Right? Is that is that correct? He chose poorly. He yeah. chose- and I love just how like even though I guess he's got eternal life that night, he's only been around since 1600. He's so weak. It's like you still like age, but I guess you age so slowly. I feel like he just he was he was wanting to die. Like in, in some sense, I guess right. I mean, like he was just. He's been sitting there forever and, I, and just – it's sort of like a weird sort of ending. I pity that guy's life. He's been – he found the Holy Grail. It must have been his life's quest, his life's achievement or whatever. And, A, he can't share it with anybody, and he just sits in a room with all these cups forever waiting for somebody else to find it. It kind of sucks that, like, you actually solved the riddle and your reward is just, like, almost a uh, – more than 15 years stuck in a room if we're going to bring this back to old boy he's stuck in a room for 400 years so he must have gone crazy um all right so i'm actually i'm actually terribly uh, does anybody else anybody else like have anything to say about last crusade it's it's a really fun movie so like a a great movie like a a dad and son sort of movie it's fantastic i love i thought it was like one of the best endings to a trilogy i love but then again i'm a sucker for indiana jones anybody anybody love those movies or I know Joe does.
1: (laughs) Certainly classics.
0: Certainly classic Steven Spielberg stuff. Steven Spielberg always has characters with daddy issues, so it's funny that he actually put one like directly in the front of the movie, like it's not some sort of subtle thing. He just made like Harrison Ford's character Indiana Jones work out his daddy issues throughout the whole movie. Um, All right, so we're going to move on to my picks, the marquee picks. I'm actually really surprised none of you guys picked the number one. I have. I think you're, uh, but I think I know what it is. Here we go. No, you don't know what it is. Uh, number three, I've got the ending to There Will Be Blood, the reveal that his son it was only adopted for business pur- purposes, and also the I drink your milkshake, milkshake scene to Levi. So that reveal that like the land that Levi's been leveraging over, like uh, Daniel or whatever, is actually completely worthless because he's been doing something called drainage to where it's all that oil that's under that land. If he's got surrounding properties, just it's going to be sucked up anyways. Number two, uh, fight club i think we all know that that's just a huge huge crazy ending Whatever once revealed that he's right. tyler turden number one i've got like i said everyone loves this I, i'm almost guaranteed is the scott Tinnerman must die episode oh my God. <laughs> a huge reveal a it's i think it's a huge satire on this whole topic or whatever i've said it before i've actually used this before in the picks or whatever yeah. but that whole thing where Cartman literally sort of plans everything out. And then he explains everything to Scott Tenorman, And then he says, like, <laughs> the ha, ha 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 made you eat your parents. Yeah. It's so, so ridiculous. I went back and rewatched it just because of this whole thing. Because that episode literally just, I mean, I, I think it's the best South Park episode maybe of all time. It's so ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, <laughs> that's a great pick. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, throughout that episode, you're like I don't know if one ever really feels sorry for Cartman, but he's like, for someone like, for like Cartman's character to be taking it on the chin so constantly and you just think like, oh man, he's just really getting it. But he's like, the whole time he's got this like uh, ulterior, uh, uh, actually I would venture to say incredibly sinister uh, <laughs> plan no, because- going on <laughs> where he uh, literally kills, not only does he kill his parents and... uh feed it to him in Chile, but he also gets his favorite band, Radiohead, <laughs> to sit there and watch it and be like, oh, God, you're such a terrible... What a, or like, oh, what a little
2: crybaby. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, but... It,
0: Very this I mean, I, this, I mean, this that is that whole plan, that whole episode is sort of, like I said, it is some sort of satire or parody on this whole uh, thing. Whatever. What do you got, Joe?
2: Alright, boys, I don't know if you've ever noticed this <laughs> about... The uh, Scott Tenderman episode, or just about Cartman in general, is that his pure evil can never be <laughs> topped in any episode. If you like get one over on Cartman, he will get you back. And Scott Tenorman was such a bastard to Cartman that you knew something horrible was going to happen. And when he feeds, uh, <laughs> when he feeds Scott Tenorman's parents to him in a bowl of chili, it's just fucking sweet. So I want to congratulate you on picking that, up, man. Sorry, I was just think like that might be the first time,
1: I, you know, it's such an old episode where we really see how diabolical Cartman can be. You know, like it really establishes his, his character. <laughs> was that
0: a, sort of like a time shift or was that sort of like one of those things, like an actual like landmark moment where, because I think they do even say like the kids go like, oh shit, remind me to never fuck with Cartman like that again. That doesn't mean they never yeah. fuck with them or whatever. But like you said, like y- it does establish sort of like, I don't. Cartman had never ever done something to that point. Like we always knew he's a giant asshole, but it almost sort of like was this shift to where okay, now we know that Cartman can like murder people and get away with it. In the same yeah. sense, it's almost like a, a landmark. I, I shouldn't say landmark as in like oh my god, this is some amazing moment. I don't. It was that.
2: the shanking in the prison cafeteria. <laughs> moment, bro. The well, yeah, yeah
1: like Matt, know, Matt, like,
2: Matt and Trey like
1: really I, trying something out and be like, all right, we're gonna see how audiences take this. Because yeah, I just mean like the it's direction a direction we want to go yeah it just sort of, I shouldn't say landmark it just sort of establishes the point that like okay, now
0: we can murder people in this completely and not just and we can just let them get away with it kind of yeah, thing exactly um yeah, but again it's it's so so funny and it's actually terrible just oh quick question was that actually radiohead did they get radiohead to actually do those voices,
1: or was that just the
2: <laughs> you
1: know, I don't think so, I mean like Historically speaking with South Park even as they've gotten bigger and bigger and, and definitely have the budget they still don't use celebrity voices. I, I think well, they I have they, before they, but not it's not a often thing. I think they will like, if it's like
0: something like ridiculous because it's like makes them sort of I I don't know I can't even think of the right words so I'm not going to linger on it or whatever but it like it would be like one of those moments to like if you got the biggest band that exists in that time which would have been Radiohead i think they were one of the biggest bands in the world at that moment if you just oh, no. got them on, if you got them on the show to make fun of a kid that just ate his parents that wrote that they presumed had wrote written a letter to Radiohead for his ass cancer it just like it's one of those things that makes it makes, <laughs> it makes Radiohead look ridiculous, but that's something that South Park would want to do, and it's almost like it gives a them a bit cred, of like, yeah. it, it makes good, yeah, it gives like Radiohead a bit of levity and a bit of street cred, to, street, street cred too as well, like you just I, said, I Joe. Just,
1: yeah, I just don't think Tom York and uh, Radiohead <laughs> are that, uh, you know, they're, they're a bit, they're probably, uh, I think, of self-aware and like maybe a little, <laughs> little too pretentious to put themselves in that oh, position. for sure.
0: Yeah, Anyone. yeah, I don't know, but some, some people are willing to joke on themselves, just like, uh, George Clooney sort of only came on to yeah. do like the voice of a dog or whatever. I don't think,
1: I don't think Radiohead's joking on themselves.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. But, but then again, we, this is going to be a nice segue into our discussion on old boy because Scott, Scott Tinnerman, I mean, uh, because Eric Cartman makes Scott Tinnerman eat his parents and an old boy there is almost an even crazier reveal and it's sort of like ridiculous because South Park is making a joke out of this whole literary device called data mob but oh boy goes even way even more over the top in, of it in some sense so what I want to talk about we talked about the premise at the beginning of last week's show in terms of total recall in terms of do you buy the idea of, of the recall service getting implanted implanted memories and do you, would you want to do it or how, how you would want to do it or whatever. But so let's talk a little bit about the premise first to open this up. Uh, so Odeisu is sort of this guy, he's uh, kind of a drunk guy, he's sort of a 43 or whatever. And he, we don't really know too much about him when like this all sort of snaps into the beginning. But what happens is he gets, he gets really drunk and then he wakes up sort of in this modestly furnished hotel room. And he, we get to learn that he's locked up in there for 15 years. Um, And so just to establish a little bit, he gets framed for the murder of his wife and he's also been fed, I think the same food every day for 15 years. And there's sort of like all these little things that sort of lets you see how he's passing the time or whatever. He also sort of spends his time sort of training to be a shadow boxer or martial arts or whatever. But what I wanted to ask uh, you guys is, is since the length of time is very, very important it serves as a plot device because 15 years has to lapse for the whole plot to conclude in terms of how he hooks up with his daughter but i want to ask you guys in terms of the anachronisms should there have been more sort of concentration on the idea that he's been locked up in a place for 15 years uh in terms of development in society development development all sorts of aspects the main things i was going to ask about is in terms of he was locked up in 1987 he gets out in 2013 2002 i mean 2003 2002 uh, lots of big developments in the internet. Lots of lots of big developments in tele, telecommunications in that time. Did you think that maybe he should have been more surprised when he came out? Should there have been maybe more complications in how he went about solving who he who he was imprisoned by or whatever? Just because of these sort of crazy developments in technology, Rod.
3: I know you, you were talking about this. No, yeah, so, I, so, I, I do not think at all that that was necessary for him to like walking on the internet cafe and there'd be a scene where he's just literally (laughs) blown away by the fact that there's this thing called the internet. I think he could have, he could have cared less. Um, (laughs) I think he was more focused on figuring out why in the hell he had been locked up for 15 years in the motel. And like, like you said, I mean, it was well furnished and he had a TV. So, you know, it quickly went through all the life things he missed, uh, you know, newsworth or you know that was on the news and um yeah i, th- I think he had bigger concerns so uh, yeah 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 absolutely I th- I, like it is one of those things where you're like he's locked up literally it's sort
0: of Count of monte cristo type things where like he literally is locked up in a, a situation and the only thing he can think about is a who did this to me did this to me and how can i get revenge but the only thing i was asking is this is sort of a journey in terms of him discovering how these things happened. and part of his discovery is he needs these sort of new things and uh, technology, whatever to do it. So he needs a cell phone. He needs the internet. It is sort of weird maybe that he doesn't ask the questions, but like you said, he is so focused and so driven that maybe he just sort of goes with the flow and it doesn't really matter. Uh, Preston, what'd you think? Were you, were you sort of surprised or I shouldn't even say surprised, but again, it's just like one of those things I, I was kind of mentioning. It's like, maybe there could have been a little bit of levity in this movie, sort of a blast from the past moment where he sort of like realizes something and just sort of makes one sort of joke in the situation. But it's I don't know if that's this director's style or whatever. what do you think?
1: Well, yeah. And I think back to what Rod was saying is like, there's, I mean, the focus is on like discovering or, you know, figuring out who his kidnapper was and like the revenge, you know, the huge element of revenge in the, in the plot. But I mean, yeah, I thought, you know, that would be kind of funny to have him come out and like keep like, I mean, I think there are moments where his like facial expressions are like, even when he gets like the cell phone, when he probably, due to having a TV, he does have some kind of reference, not only to like big events over the years, but like, I think he probably saw some cell phone commercials, but like, yeah, I, yeah, th- sure. I still think like when he gets the phone, he's kind of like, uh, like caveman, like what is this? <laughs> you know, yeah, like-
0: listen, that's that's the confusion is is he confused by the actual device or is he confused by just some dude randomly I coming both. up to him? I it's think a little both. bit of both, right? So, like, again, it, it's not really explained, and maybe there is sort of some like lost in translation part because it's all Korean transcribed to English, at least for me, because I can't speak Korean. Maybe there is something lost in it that he sort of has. Some ambiguity, or whatever, Joe. Joe, what'd you think in terms of like anachronisms? I know you're a big Blast from the Past fan, so you probably want Brendan Fraser to make a cameo. What'd you think? <laughs>
2: yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Is that you know, with these uh, the, the Korean movies that we reviewed on the podcast, I've become more aware of the Korean sense of humor, and you know, it's very, yeah, you know, it's it's I I enjoy it. It's very funny, and I think that (laughs) the film could have used, you know, some kind of, you know, you know, just a two-second little blip about how, like, you know, I went from, you know, the Iron Curtain to (laughs) Wi-Fi in two seconds. Yeah, yeah. there's some huge
1: developments over those years, for sure.
0: Well, I was reading some article in terms of there was a massive, like, a... what do you want to say financial reconstruction in terms of like class or whatever during that amount of time. And there, apparently there are some like very big hints towards like how he responds to some things, but you wouldn't really get it if you're an American watching it because you, a, we don't know Korean history and B, there was also some type of, if you understood Korean very well, there was almost some like, poetic sense of like how he was speaking and it sort of like alluded to some certain things so he definitely was aware i know he was aware of like the class reconstruction because i did i did do a little bit of research on that i'm not going to be able to talk about it in terms of like uh oh what do i want to say intelligently but i do know that that existed but when I read that, it made me think, like I just said, should he have been more aware of in terms of things that were happening globally in terms of technology? And that's sort of what I was getting at because I did think once I got prompted on that, I was like, oh, well, this maybe he should right. have been really sort of wondering about the Internet. Maybe he should have been wondering about the cell phone and kind of stuff like that. Well, that's an interesting so think,
2: point, Matthew, because, you know, from the time in 19, from China, say, as an example, from 1988 to 2003, it would have been, you know, just leaps and bounds. A different country from what you would have experienced in 1998 yeah. just like you know the amount of people you know like one in ten people may have had a car in 1998 and in 2003 you know they were building you know 5,000 miles of highway a year you know that type of thing so it would yeah. be a, a huge you know leap I don't know it could have been
0: but yeah like we said like what Rod and Preston we're both talking about again this is I've got a little point about this on the wheel if we get to it, or whatever. But this is one of those things where he's locked up for 15 years, and he has this is this. But this story really only takes place in five days. So again, he can get to all of those sort of societal changes right now. He's got five days to sort of focus on what he really, really wants exactly. to solve. Yeah, you're right. So it does it does make sense in that regard. But at the same time, I'm not gonna like dwell on it. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna move on a little bit. So. Because this movie is sort of... It has so many crazy aspects to it. So, But I'm going to let everyone talk about some of the aspects. Uh, But I'm going to frame this as a question first to kind of try to sound smart. Uh, But basically... (laughs) But we reviewed the Korean film Parasite just a month ago. And I feel like that movie was framed in a way to make you think the story was pretty plausible. And so now I feel like this film is actually even more crazy. But I feel like it almost has that same sensibility that it's like it makes you almost feel like in Korean society in that time, this could almost happen. It, does that make sense to you guys? Like, did it, it, I don't want to say it's a real story, but the way I feel like it was depicted, the way it was framed, it almost made you sort of question yourself, could this actually happen to somebody in Korea in 2003 is what I was getting at. Um, so, but what aspects to you were the most plausible? What aspects... To, uh, to you were the most oh scratch your head that couldn't happen, and maybe if you want to get into it, because I was I kind of asked this question for pressing because he spent so much time in Korea or whatever uh, no, I shouldn't say in whatever teaching in Korea spent years there. Um, what parts made you think oh well maybe this is more plausible from a Korean perspective, but as an American it doesn't make as much sense. Um, so again, like I said, it's sort of a way to ask you guys this this movie's fucking crazy. What didn't make sense to you? What could you actually say could happen and what didn't happen? There's obviously some parts in terms of the action, the way he beats people up in the prison or whatever. I'm not asking about that. I'm just talking about maybe the whole premise in general. Is it is it possible to, uh, for a really rich guy in Korea to lock somebody up for 15 years and sort of almost control things in this manner? Because in some ways it makes me think it is. Uh, what do you think, Preston? I see like you're sort of thinking about it.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, I think... So this is difficult. I mean, like having lived there, I'm like trying to think. Okay, well, yeah, could this be something that? I mean, I think. Of course, we don't really know the exact uh, events behind like his kidnapping, right? I mean, like we don't really yeah. know like what occurred. Uh, it doesn't appear that he knew. Um, fuck. What was his, What was his name? Ju Wen. Ju. Jew, yeah. Wen Ju. Ju Wen. Yeah. Yeah. And but like. I, it's. It seems like once he was in this like position of being like, essentially. You know, a, an occupied person. Like, like I'm thinking of like class systems here, and like, like, <laughs> you know, he's got these people that clearly have control over him in some regard or another. Uh, I, I, I feel like he was kind of at their mercy and in that regard, like maybe it is slightly plausible as far as like being in Korea. I, I don't know. Like it's to me, it's kind of, <laughs> it is far fetched, yeah. but at the same time, I mean, like, you know, we, we've seen this shit happen in um, America, you what? know, with that like the house of horrors. And in, in I think it was Cleveland with that guy having all those girls like trapped away for, decade well yeah,
0: I, yeah, well, yeah no, absolutely but I, I was sort of talking about uh, and i shouldn't I, I this isn't some type of oh this, could this happen in korea as if it's some like third world country it was that's not what i'm getting at, at all no, yeah, I this don't was think more not. this was more of again yeah tons of crazy crazy shit has happened in the united states and that's not what i get at but in this level is there was almost like this corporate prison that was like but like right. it's not a private prison that was sort of like where the judiciary system sent him or whatever. It was like this like revenge porn prison where you could hire people to make this stuff happen. Right. Yeah. So these people were on his payroll and I'm almost thinking hey, it, it, do Korean people think that's plausible? I really don't know in the United States. I kind of, I, I, again, I think it's possible that there's, a, uh trafficking goes on all the time, and I know that's really, really sad, but it is real, and that's what happens. But are there actual prisons, like big buildings, existing that where people are like imprisoned and stuff like that? Do, Rod, do you think that? Do you
3: think people are like like that? Y- yes. Yeah. Uh, a, the underbelly yeah. of society. The, the, the U.S. is num- like f- by far the number one place for human human trafficking. Have you seen Hostel, the- Matthew? and um my second thing that, that happens in europe i <laughs> know um, <Go ahead. laughs> uh, i mean I, I think this is an extremely plausible movie i mean like you're you mentioned the house of horrors there's the guy in austria who had his had his daughter in a jail for i think 16 years uh joseph Fritzl. yeah this has happened like Many, many times in history. So I, I mean, think this I, is very possible. Yeah. And I think. And I, mean, I, want, yeah. I want to go back to one quick point. For sure. As far, as far as the. um, We don't know how he, you know, got kidnapped. We kind of do because when the guy who runs the. I call it the Motel 6 prison. Just like, <laughs> let's just go with that. The guy that runs it is talking on the phone after he's escaped or after. Yeah. After he's escaped. And when he walks in, you know he hears him talking on the phone, and he's like, "Well, you know, it's so many Korean dollars per per month, but if it's over six months, transport is free." Which I think would refer to the kidnapping or the transport. So that's. just... Oh, crazy.
0: okay. Well, that's that's a nice catch. I, I I did not I did not catch that at all. Um, no, yeah, it, it is it is an interesting point. I, I, I think I think Rod, you guys, maybe I just haven't. An idealist, and you guys are a realist, or whatever. But like, I, I tried to not. I just thought it was a little bit crazy that like someone could, like, a there was like a a, a prison almost in an apartment building where th- that I if that makes sense, it just seems like kind of weird. But at the same time, it, it's I think in some ways, some of the craziest things happen right under your nose in society. If that
1: makes sense, so I, I really yeah. don't know. I think jo- you've got jo, you- power and money, and you've got people who can put things together in a way that's like. Not so obvious, you know, I guess it's it's certainly plausible, but I mean, it's certainly Joe, a crazy about, fucking setting.
0: What do you think about somebody sort of owning all these people in terms of, like, uh, this is sort of the problem I, I think most people have with conspiracies is that, like, sometimes conspiracies, they, they need, in order to exist, a lot of people have to be able to keep it secret. Yeah, so in a order secret. So in, in order for this to happen, there has to be a lot of people on the payroll and a lot of people willing to do it is that plausible to you i mean obviously money fucking talks and bullshit walks but did you ever think oh man this actually happened like there's got to be 100 people being paid to make ode sue go through this revenge right
2: right you would you would have that makes kind. Of, maybe that was used as a device to impress upon you the gravity of the dude that you fucked with. you know what <laughs> yeah. what I mean? like he's sort of Lex
0: luther type asshole right
2: like you know what i mean like you fucked with the like <laughs> You know, the specter of, you know, James Bond reference of, uh, you know, South Matt Korean. Uh, incest, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like South Korean mafia, you fucked with them. And hey,
0: motherfucker, if I want to fuck my sister, you better not tell anybody because fucking hell's coming to you, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sleep with the fishes.
3: Yeah. Right. Uh, what, what, what well, you I, say? I think, I mean, if I really, really get down and start thinking, which I've done before. I mean, I almost feel like Wu Zhen did this to see if Odaisu was going to be able to erase that from his memory. Oh, so that's actually a good point. Well, I was and going to I talk about is, I mean, is, is, that the,
0: is that the least plausible thing to you in terms of the hypnosis, in terms of the suggestion and the memories sort of being able to like be transferred I, or whatever. I'm not
3: saying that's the least plausible thing. I'm saying, I think that was really what he was trying to do was trying to see if there was a way that he could forget it. And obviously he wanted him to try really hard to, <laughs> to remember it. So he could be sure of that. He wouldn't then remember it and then tell everyone about it. And then I think he also has struggled with obviously the memory himself of having incest with his sister but the yeah. most least plausible part is the tongue part to me uh, well it doesn't sound no. like uh, no.
0: Woo Jin even like regrets the incest part he regrets getting caught is what it feels yes. like right yeah. because he wanted to keep it going but like what happened was Ode soo saw it and he sort of like stopped the party for him so yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah.
1: and I, yeah. I will say one big thing in Korean life is like maintaining your honor uh, to some Face. degree. And maintaining, yeah, face. So, like, that that could have potentially uh, screwed him for life. You know that, yeah. that factoid or rumor. This or this, how this was,
0: was one of those. This was one of those movies. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I think you made a good point. Is but what? But maybe what could have been. Really, more developed, maybe a little bit in terms of uh, character backgrounds, character backstory, or whatever, and sort of really emphasizing the the importance of that. I think is what I know. He comes from obviously a very very wealthy background, but we've never really actually getting towards maybe again, maybe this. It's it's very obvious if you get caught doing incest, you're going to be fucking ruined for life anyway. So whatever, but if you sort of really emphasize sort of the class structure and how like he wasn't going to be able probably to inherit sort of the business or societal whatever thing that he was going to get. If he sort of like maintained his status quo, it sort of makes more sense in terms of why he was so, so not just vindictive, but also just like creatively vindictive and incredibly just hell bent on making this happen. It almost, this movie almost makes it feel like, and like, like you said, press it in terms of like, saving face in society's big point the movie almost makes it feel like he's doing this out of revenge in terms of because he lost his sister and he loved his sister not maybe i know he has to like kill her because that he uh wanted to like maintain his status or whatever but in some ways you almost feel like he's doing this because he wanted like i just said sort of to keep the incest party going right like it doesn't in some ways, it's revenge because someone stole a lover from him, not because someone could have like potentially damaged his career, if that makes sense. Uh, maybe there should have been a mix between the two. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe better, I'm, yeah. I'm sort of
3: rambling. Maybe
0: I'm, I'm rambling a little bit. Um, but th- did anyone else have anything else in terms of plausibility issues or anything? Uh, I, I did want to maybe mention in terms of like the uh hi- hypnosis or whatever. Did, did y'all think that that was a little bit too much in terms of how he? He was able to get Ode, Ode Sue and me do together, or did you? Were you all like fine with that? Was that was that
1: cool? I mean, it was definitely incredulous, but I mean, yeah. but like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't, you like, somebody in solitary confinement for fifteen years, and you use different kind of hypnotic tactics, and yeah. you, I mean, like, I don't. Who's to say it wouldn't work? Well, again, it's impossible. This is one of those movies where it's sort
0: of like impossible to empathize with the actual character. We can sort of have major amounts of sympathy with them because, oh my God, I can't believe that this person's been locked up. But there's in no way, shape or form can we actually understand how this person's sort of reacting to the situation because we can't even comprehend what just happened to him. We can kind of get shown what happened to him, but we can't understand the depth of his experience, I think. And that's what you're saying. You could be totally, totally susceptible to those things, but- I will add, it's not just that it's not just O'Day Sue who gets hypnotized and suggested. It is me do, who also has that same type of suggestion. The hypnosis is supposed to like make her sort of attracted to him. Right. So it's like, she's not going through this trauma. So it's actually happening to what you would almost say is a normal person. So there is, there is a little bit of that to it. I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm not a huge, huge fan of hypnosis, but I'm also just a big fan of nitpicking
3: shit in movies. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but that what is, we're going to. Ron, well, Ron, 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 sorry. What are you Ron, sorry. That, that is one thing. I don't think that Me Do has like, been out living in the free world, rocking like, Neil Young. Like, I think she has been, because I mean, that's a good point. She's been She's, conditioned almost to, yeah, he's been raising he, her. Yeah, yeah. he's been raising her. so She hasn't been out in the free world living yeah. her own life. She's definitely had this. And I did look up about, you know, when he was like, Valium gas, you know, <laughs> like, that's what the uh, Russians use against the Chechens. And that was a, that was very much true. That did happen in two thousand. Yeah, uh, that is crazy. So uh, uh, we can imagine that. that's the real that. thing. Yeah. Like a
0: little quickly, uh, right? Do you, that was gas, almost because at the end he's sort of listening. To, it's not the direct end or whatever, but I think it's before he actually goes and confronts him for that sort of final resolution or whatever. But he's sitting there listening to these tapes that he's got or acquired, and he's sort of learning about sort of how he was acquired and what his whole situation is. Uh, but those were sort of keep to keep him from going totally insane, right? That that gas apparently was to keep him from becoming a total schizophrenic because if you're locked up in one room for 15 years you're gonna go crazy And it like obviously he gets crazy in, in some sense but it like kept him from becoming almost like
3: psychotic is that is that what you're getting at? Or there
0: because no, it wasn't just i, I, mean, I think it,
3: they used it i mean i i didn't think that i think they used it more to like put him down because i mean also there's all the scenes where he tries to, I mean, he tries to kill himself. Like, yeah. Yeah. You just don't really pick up on it because they, you know, he kills, tries to cut his wrist and they spray the gas and then they immediately, you know, come and revive him. I'm assuming. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's, it may, maybe, it has like multiple purposes, but you're probably right that it's primary like, purpose was point, to yeah, control him. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it How is to like keep him alive. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Um, it's like, all right. It's so, it's means of control, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to move on to the ending real quick and then we'll get to the wheel because we're running a little, uh, uh, late on time or whatever. So, do you like how it ended? Um, a few, a few shows ago, we talked a little bit about how I suggested that characters should get what they deserve and not what they want. But did anyone feel like this almost movie sort of top like through that idea? On its head, uh, did Odei get what he deserved? Did Win Jin get what he deserved? Did Mu uh, Me Do get what she deserved? And uh, what did y'all think uh, in terms of how this ended? Like it, it almost like was. I feel like it was almost like very depressing because uh, sure. you want this. You want this movie just sort of have. I, I there's no happy ending to how it almost happened, but you almost want there to almost be some type of resolution to where. Okay, yeah this crazy shit happened, but at least there's some modicum of hope in it. What, what,
3: what did you think, Rod? This was your movie. what did you think about the ending? Um, I mean, I don't know that me, me, Mido or Odaisu deserved anything. Um, well, no, 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 absolutely. So, so that's,
0: that's the thing is that like that he doesn't even get that sort of revenge he's seeking, right. In terms of he wants to be the person that kills, when and he doesn't even get that satisfaction, yeah. So like he 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 didn't deserve to have his tongue cut out by himself. He didn't deserve to be locked up in 15 years just because he witnessed some crazy bout of incest or whatever. Yeah, and like, maybe started a rumor. Yeah.
3: Oh, so so yeah, I it's, think it's, we all I think we all lost. Ju- I think, win. Yes, viewers. I think even the viewers lose in this movie. Ju- yeah yeah.
1: Juwin yes. went to extremes to like get back at ode Sue and. And like he, you know, he's in a way like you're like, all right, this is clearly the villain. ode Su is the protagonist, but then I don't know. I mean, at some point, my mind like changed. I was like, God, ode Su is fucking crazy. And like, yeah, you know that. Tor- especially as like towards the end, like they're having these these moments of like, it's very philosophical at times. You know, like this is what <laughs> happened to me. Like this this set like, you know, you did this. This is how I felt for so long. Blah blah blah. And but I mean, you know it was just such. it was such a wild ending that i mean once you got like through the gore and through like the almost absurdity of what was happening i mean it, it was just kind of like yeah i don't i don't think there's any any winners here like that, yeah, was, that expect- was that felt very uh like i that that was not fulfilling for me it's
0: it, you were expecting so much like a different payoff cuz like i said in terms of like it deserving like even Oju went like like he didn't even get he he even even though he killed himself i think it's Ju, sorry i, I said Oju but i think Ju it's Oju went um even though he killed himself and you get sort of this sort of feeling of oh at least he's dead he still had the i shouldn't say honor or whatever but he still ended things on his own terms if that makes sense like no one like his plan came to fruition yeah. he got to see everything he wanted and then he sort of got to end things on his own terms so in in a way he he
1: kind of won, which he spoke and, about earlier with his heart condition. Like you know he's like, look, yeah, I can I can I don't even I'll I'll end we don't right even now. know if, <laughs> we don't even know if that's totally real because that's when true, he pressed the true, button
0: yeah. that didn't happen. Yeah. Totally so I, part part of me thinks that whole like thing was just sort of a mask in terms yeah. of, like a fake. That's the point. Joe, what 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 do you think about the ending? What what were your thoughts when like you saw it? Because this was your first time viewing it. And, like were you shocked? Did you think, oh man, I, like coming from an American perspective, Hollywood perspective, you thought that he was going to get at least one dub, right? Like one win, and he winds up getting no dubs at all. It was such a Pyrrhic victory
2: for how you were describing it. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, he he cuts out his own tongue as a sign of penance. And that's such a, you know, such a, um, you know, the Asian sense of honor and uh, yeah and face that's that uh, that really speaks to that it's it's almost like you know it's very biblical it's almost like you you know that's like something you hear about an old testament prophet doing almost you know what i mean yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. it it came back to the point where they talked about like he said oh he talks too much and that was kind of like one of the hints that was sort of the hint in terms of oh here's your hint you've got to solve this and so he wound up cutting out his tongue but uh, I guess I don't know if the reason was penance or if the reason was like he was just trying. He, uh, he obviously didn't know Wu Jim was going to kill himself, but he was he did not want his daughter to know of what happened. He was like, let her live and complete yeah. and total innocence. I, I don't Like I said, I don't know if it was penance, but he was just basically saying, all right, you you win. Just don't tell my daughter, I think. And he was like, I'll do whatever you want. I'll bark like a fucking dog. I'll cut out my tongue. Just don't let her know.
1: Like,
2: right, yeah.
0: in In my life. Uh, What were you saying, President? Sorry.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I I, obviously all that's certainly evident in his uh, behavior. I don't, I don't think Odesu would uh, be a diplomat for any country because he would just (laughs) be like, "Oh my God, I'll shit on my face right now." (laughs) (laughs) Please let me have this deal. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like again, like that that whole scene too when he was going through all of those, uh, like. Just deeply self deprecating moments of, of cutting his tongue off, of barking like a dog. I mean, it was just like you're watching it and thinking, man, this guy is, I, I mean, this, you know, he's really, he's, he's like uh, trying everything in the book to, to make sure not only like his daughter not hear like about this, but I think also, again, you know, like, he doesn't want this to be his legacy. Like, you know, like, can we please keep it between us? I will live with this kind of deal.
0: Yeah. Well, I will say this like the fucked up thing about this movie in terms of the ending and what I was getting at it's not just like obviously the fucked up thing is that you reveal like that you wind up understanding that he had sex with his daughter. But there is this almost moment where you think Oday Sue is going to win because he sort of puts the pieces together that Ju win actually killed his sister, right? Be- like he's the one who sort of let her. Go over the edge. He's the one who took that photo and said the dates or whatever. And you sort of get the realization that he let her die. So you almost think, oh man, he's about to win this whole situation because he almost sort of put a piece together that Wu Jin didn't think he would put together. Yeah. And then it actually turns on its head in terms of, oh no, he's actually gonna get even worse shit to happen to him. Which is it's it's uh, again, this movie's so wild. Rod, what do you think about the ending? First time you saw it, were you totally flabbergasted. Obviously I, I couldn't stand the part part where he cut out his tongue, but what do you think about just the whole incest thing, the whole everything?
3: Just give a quick little maybe summary in terms yeah. of that. Uh, first I'll say, luckily Rod um, has the benefit of short-term memory. So I'd completely <laughs> forgotten about that scene. So that was like watching it again. And I had to close my eyes. Um, I do not like that stuff. But I, I mean, it was a very, I think if there's a movie that, the word denouement was created for. We found it. We found it here on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: it's absolutely, it, it is insane. And like, so you, you brought denouement to our, uh, to our lives. And this is, this, this movie is denouement. absolutely nice up. <laughs> but it's, it's one of the, again, I, I, I'm never going to speculate on Korean culture, whatever, but it, the whole thing in terms of like, it, we were talking about Scott and the haha ha agent, Made you eat your parents or whatever, but this is so sort of that ha I made you fuck your daughter kind of thing, and it's like okay, that's you 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 took the level just a little uh, even further because hey, to. it's it's not it's not a cartoon because at least at least South Park has the benefit of going. This is totally fake because it's a cartoon. This yeah. one had this like roll the this one the gra- yeah the gravity is so so much deeper in this one that we when you sort of get that realization you go oh shit um all right so we sort of talked about the whole movie we talked about the ending we talked about the premise we talked about the beginning we're going to move on to the wheel segments here we're going to keep it brief because like we said we're running a little short on time but we're going to read out the questions we'll do one or two or three of these um number one the wheel questions wheel prompts are 15 years 15 years he got one of your kids got you for 15 years little throw out to kanye west uh presidential candidate number two rich guy shit Number three ain't too proud to beg. Number four can rape be funny? Probably the answer is no, but we're gonna ask it anyways. Number five crossover memory rage. Number six fuck Mary kill. We probably don't want to get to that one. Seven whammy. Number I eight. <laughs> number eight ROI baby ROI. Number <laughs> nine you talk too much. Number ten. Respin. so we're going to spin the wheel
3: a little Spinning bit. Spinning <laughs>
0: that wheel. Spinning
3: that baby.
0: Number eight. So, actually, I wrote this question right before the thing started. So, ROI, baby, ROI. So, Lee Wung-jin spent a lot of money and waited 15 years to get five days of revenge porn on the Soo. Su. Was that a stellar return on investment or should he have dangled the carrot a little bit longer? <laughs> basically, he waited 15, like I said, he waited 15 years, spent a shit ton of money imprisoning him and feeding him and keeping him in that prison. I imagine it was a hell of a lot of money. Um, and then he just got five days of shit out of it. Do you think he, sh- <laughs> do you think it was satisfying, basically, ROI in terms of the money he spent to how much satisfaction he got? Joe.
2: Uh yeah, I think so because you know it's not just the five days. You're fucking with that guy every day for fifteen years. You know what I mean? Like, you got him pretty good. Yeah, he, but he doesn't you get
0: that. Satisf- he <laughs> not get that satisfaction of being able to talk to him and say like I did it. Like he's well, almost he's, he's sort of like that mystery fucker in well, terms of.
2: I mean, he. I he don't know. Fun. That's why I left him, him out, right? End. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Rod, from a business perspective, if you spent, let's say, three or four million dollars imprisoning somebody and you only got five five days of getting to fuck with them, do you think that's worth it? I guess it depends um, what your bank account
3: looks like, but what do you think? Yeah, I think seven there's fifty that. a day. I, I think uh I mean I think G gets off on different things <laughs> than, than your average uh person. The so average G w N than your average G W N, yeah. So, yeah, I think for him, it was well worth it. Uh, if I was in his shoes, I don't, I don't know what I'd do. I don't know. President what,
0: what do you think? And maybe this is just a question that uh, – oh, shit. I was going to ask a question, but I actually just elapsed my head so quick. But what do you think in terms of the rate of, rate of interest – or not rate of interest. Uh,
1: rate of interest. Uh, return return, return on, investment. on investment. Return
0: on investment he got out of this. Sorry. I mean, you know,
1: well, the fact that he ultimately kills himself, it's like, God, this is super like dramatic. Or like, yeah. yeah. But, so, what's that the plan? That, that's the question.
0: What's the plan of the whole long that he killed himself at the end? I don't think that's necessarily. I, I don't think that's. He had known know. that
1: he was going to be doing that. I think. Do but, you think it was? Do you think that was planned? I, I, you know, maybe. I mean, like suicide is is a way viewed differently in Korea, and it's also like kind of a part of the culture in some regard like it's not not like a mainstream thing that you know people love and embrace for sure but like yeah it is, it is definitely a uh well the movie unique- starts
0: with the suicide right and uh in terms of that whole questioning stuff and then like it ends it, it ends not with right. his suicide but it like it does kind of end with it right so but i was maybe think, like i said I was, like, the, the, the question is was the whole plan to end with him killing himself, or did he just have that sort yeah. of moment of memory in terms of... Because like I said, uh, Deisu, uh, Odeisu does confront him about, oh, you did kill your sister. So maybe I, what I was thinking is, did he sort of almost repress that memory and then have it sort of confront himself at the end to the point where he goes, yeah. oh shit, I did do that. And he's almost been blaming it on Odeisu so long that he, he kind of maybe repress that yeah and he and does he, up out.
1: and he has like that flashback and you actually see yeah. the moment and everything i don't know i mean i think it really just speaks to juin not having enough hobbies throughout his life <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely if your hobby is doing prison somebody for 15 years you're a fucked up person We, all, i mean he's an evil villain but he's a smart guy all right we're gonna spend a little two more times we got one two more questions oh baby this is the kanye west reference 15 years 15 years he got one of your kids, got you for 15 years. So O'Day Sue was locked up for 15 years and fed the same meal every single day and also really? spent his time training in shadow boxing. If you were locked up what for 15 years, what meal would you pick and what skill would you want to learn the most? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> That's really good. So you got 15 years of the same meal, Joe. Looks the like meal you, you, you got a man. good idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got you it,
2: Joe? I, I would have to go with, you know, a nice grilled piece of mahi mahi <laughs> with some uh, <laughs> mango p- rice and whole uh, swa. <laughs> so it, I wouldn't, it wouldn't kill me.
0: We don't know if this is served breakfast, lunch, or dinner, by the way. Uh, so if it's just one meal a day, I mean, you're gonna. Eat- keep it in shape and was that
1: established it was one meal a day
0: no i don't know i was just thinking like Uh. it's not like he's not served like breakfast food or i don't know go ahead but i'm sorry we don't need to complicate the question sorry and what what skill would you want to learn joe
2: um you know i would pick a very critical language like i'd pick a couple languages that i want to learn like chinese arabic Mm. french spanish and just come out oh, that's like really good professor higgins you
0: know and come out just incredibly incredibly fluent and just sounding like a badass rod what would you pick for your meal and you got 15 years would you want to be the free kick specialist or, or what would you what skill would
3: Ooh. you want to learn i probably would tr- probably be trying to become like the next korean messy <laughs> um, i don't know if i could practice my free kick so well but also, I wanted to just really quick touch on the thing. He practices. So while he's in there, he masters, like you said, shadow boxing to the point of where he has like blisters on his knuckles. Yeah. Yeah. And it really reminds me of the scene from Kill Bill when she's getting out of the wooden, uh, like coffin. And uh, yeah. this is one of, like, Quentin Tarantino's favorite films. So I think huh. that, that this probably inspired that oh, scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, but wait, Kill Bill, Bill Volume 2 is He one was president year. of the jury at um, the Cannes when this was... And it did uh, win, It did win. And so uh, he, he he apparently loved the film. So you're right, Budman.
0: It is, and it's got a lot of gratuitous violence. This this movie could use it would. It's crazy that Spike Lee got to do the whatever remake of it. It would be awesome if, if Quentin Tarantino actually wow. really like that just, that's the pick for this Quint, week. Quint, yeah, but Quentin loves to write it, his own stuff. He's not a remake good. specialist. Yeah, it actually, it actually, a it's cut, Preston, what would you do? 15 years locked up? What meal would you eat? And what skill would you
3: learn?
1: Uh, meal that I would eat be like uh, just deli sandwich. Get your bread. You get <laughs> oh, your meats. Geez. You get your. You
3: survive uh, well in jail. You
1: get your. Uh, you just get a variety of things. Get some veggies. Just fucking gruel. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs>
0: and
1: skill. Uh, yeah, gabagool, gabagool. Uh, gabagool. <laughs> okay. And then. I mean, it'd be something music-based, you know, like I would just like maybe uh, learn how to like really read music and, you know, like write music for various instruments or like just keep working on Perfect. perf- perfecting drawing <coughs> and all that stuff. it be something music, music involved, for sure.
0: Well, this, this question was sort of like a way of saying, hey, guess what? You're locked up in your own dreams. Go pursue them. Uh we're gonna uh spin it one more time. That My actually makes no fucking God. sense. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and, uh, that was the way. Uh, uh, all right. uh, that was terrible. All right, so can rape be funny? I'm sorry that we had to get to this. But uh Sue attempts to rape me do while she's on the toilet.
3: I, find, I, I, oh, sadly, I
0: found, sadly, I found this scene to be the funniest part of the whole movie. So it me. was like, so would it have been funnier if she'd actually been like taking a dump or something? Was this a scene of levity for you guys? Or what did y'all think about this whole scene in general? I know, obviously, it's about, oh, man, he's been locked up for 15 years. He's got to like sort of like serve his sexual appetite. But did you think it was just funny the way he sort of broke into the bathroom and then got his head whacked and then left off? Or was this like a funny scene? Or what do you guys think about it in general?
1: uh i mean yeah i mean obviously it was definitely (laughs) trying to provide some levity the first bit of the film is like there are some funny parts as as is uh true with a lot of korean movies even like if it's very serious they like to put in little humor that's like very cultural and i think that might have been what it was you know especially (laughs) the fact that he's been locked up but also like uh men men women women it's like
0: it's like one of those like scenes from like jack like jackie chan and like rush hour like the way he sort of like just runs it it really was just sort of like a weird 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 moment like and then it gets a little bit graphic but the way she just bops him on the head and he like leaves was it was and i will say it's not funny in the sense that like it's rape or whatever but it's funny in the sense that like we just talked about in terms that he's been spent 15 years or at least 10 years training to be a shadow boxer training all these martial arts and then he goes oh like the head oh i'm done like
1: i think it but, was funny dog you know it was
2: the realization that he was, was doing something stupid
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah. think yeah. now I mean, like that. when you watch it it was it's like oh god what the fuck like oh, wait yeah. Is, do we do we know that log like desu anymore <laughs> you know but it's one, it's it's
0: just one of those moments too where you're like okay he just he didn't i don't know if he, they slept in the same bed but presumably she didn't stay awake all night with like a knife going if you wake up i'm going to kill you like he could have had a lot easier moment to do this but he chose the moment of oh man she's on the toilet which made it kind of a little bit funny to me (laughs) what do you think (laughs) yeah
2: i I think that adds definitely a little bit of levity to the situation (laughs) you know i think they kind of treated it like you know, he was just like a little puppy that jumped up and tried to hump, you know, the <laughs> leg. And if you give him a swift kick in the nuts, or you know, the swift kick on, yeah. the, on, the, on the nose, you know, that's all they need. They'll, you know what I mean? Like, they won't bother you anymore. Yeah, like, like, is it... Once again, let if, us be very clear. Rape is
1: not funny. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> it, 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 that, he so would like, his ass kicked if, he, if anyone did that <laughs> in real life.
0: Yeah, like, it, the intention was... It, Still rape, but it was the most purest form of intention of rape
1: maybe ever depicted
2: right.
0: on film. This is a movie. This is not real
2: life. They had to make it read somehow. And if they're gonna do it, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's yeah, I mean, funny. it's
1: they're clearly like from a writing perspective, speaking to the fact that he's been locked up and he like yeah, all he yeah. had is like watching Korean uh, women <laughs> dancing on TV is like his means. Well, of,
2: yeah. Yeah. And and they they tried to make it funny and you know if it, and they show you by him shadow boxing whatever like clearly if he wanted it he could have had it and like <laughs> if he just got you know one little bop to the head was, he he came to his senses. I mean you know what I mean like it wasn't that. Big
0: yeah.
2: yeah. Maybe there, the smell
0: was so pungent that he just ran away. What do you think, Rod? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, just no, no. Did you have any like thoughts in terms of like oh, just the? Yeah. Was it a funny scene to you, or was oh. it like almost like did did like the the two polarizations in terms of oh this is a super serious subject versus this is kind of weird and funny at the same time? Like, did they clash until what you, you brought
3: think? up the fact that yeah, she was on the restroom At no point was I laughing. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be <laughs> honest. No when I watched it
1: happen, like I was act like it. It legitimately made me think. Fuck, I don't know. Like, how am I gonna? view this character going forward because I don't like I know this is a revenge story like we're supposed to maybe cheer for him but like that move I don't like that that, that was fucked up
0: yeah I mean that's it, when he says when he says I did like a like a sacred he broke a sacred vow or whatever it is I made a, a, a unforgivable, unforgivable, unforgivable sin, yeah. sin the unforgivable sin wasn't that he was trying to rape somebody it was that he walked in on somebody trying to use a toilet probably is that's what he was <laughs> look saying look out Oh, a little little shitty joke. Uh oh a little, water. Water. Oh, oh, man. oh. Okay, that's a great way to end it. I mean, what a fantastic
3: goddamn! I got uh, one more it. question Let's here. That. <laughs> Sorry,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I got a oh, question
1: yeah. from Rod.
0: What, one question. One question before we move on to our ratings,
3: and we'll wrap it up, and then President's gonna pick his movie. But go ahead, Rod. What's the final so, question. You know, in the, they probably spend maybe 20, 25 minutes total in the little Motel Six prison. And, uh, you know, one part of it is he's digging through his wall behind the bed yeah. and he gets through there one time and it looks like, you know, there's just like a like a ventilation shaft. Right. But then later on, I think it's like his 12th year or maybe it's even the 14th year. He gets out to where he's able to literally reach out and touch water so my like or er, the rain yeah yeah so my question was obviously he made it through the you know right behind mm-hmm. his bed like the the big hole to then make that hole right do you know what i'm saying yeah because you got to like where it's uh, like you can see like it and he could only fit one hand through that one it's a weird question though in terms of do you think that again we have to Maybe think
0: the villain was this total mastermind that maybe he calculated the amount of time it would take to almost dig out of something with chopsticks. It's do you really almost good think that, think like, do exactly you think right. he almost said, like, it's 15 years? And then he did, like, it's one of those weird things where almost you chalk it up to a rich Korean guy did his math correctly and he took yeah. it says 15 years. And then the next day he's let out. Um, <laughs> he did all yeah, that. For no, nothing. Yeah. Did all that for nothing. Like, so he almost made him do all this effort while he was in prison and said, Oh, you're free now. So I don't know. Uh, But yeah, again, that, that's something we did get into, but right. It's a great question in terms of it's one of those things that he did all this effort for is it was a form of torture in itself that again, it's something that could have changed the way it worked, the way he thinks about things when he's actually let out. Um. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna move on to our ratings now. We're gonna talk about. Uh, do you like the um, <laughs> the characters? Do you like the music? Do you like the plot? Do you like? I forget what what's the a uh, acting acting plot, acting, acting. John Levitz. Um. Okay. So we're gonna move on to acting. Rod acting for this. In oh boy, what do you 20, think? I mean, 24. obviously twenty four. Twenty four. Rod's jumping hard at twenty four. And then Preston, what did you think acting-wise?
1: Uh, I'm going to go MJ on this one. Let's give it a 23.
0: <laughs> All basketball references. Joe, what did you think?
2: Uh, you know, I concur. I'm going to go 23 as well. I think it was very well acted.
0: These, I feel – then again, I, 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 I think it's great – acting or whatever, I, I don't know, but do, do I just want to throw this question out. We're not going to get a deep discussion on it. Do you guys have, like, a harder way of evaluating maybe acting or whatever in terms of uh, foreign films than you do, like, English, regular English films or whatever? Because sometimes I feel like some of it's lost on me. And I don't mean lost in terms of, oh, I don't know what's going on. I mean, like, it's... it's with maybe the translation in terms of the uh, subtitles doesn't match
2: correctly well, yeah, in, in the, terms of a cultural idiom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think like everything sort of matches in terms of the tone, but sometimes when I see the subtitles, I go, Oh, it's not matching his face perfectly. Like the same way it would match when you're watching a normal movie. Does that yeah. make sense?
1: Well, that is a whole other part of filmmaking too. Like there are people who are, who are supposed to do that. And I think that is a challenge. Yeah. It's a definite challenge. Like whether you're, Going from Korean to English, or you know, yeah. Chinese to, to Korean, to Korean. I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> I think it's it's it is it's a totally uh, different aspect of filmmaking. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It can be tricky. Uh, it, it can be a little. Uh, I mean, even with like English, so like British films, or or um, I don't know, like an Australian film or something. Like you still have some of those. Cultural divides, but I don't know. I mean, I get what you're All saying. All right. Yeah, I'm
0: gonna go with 23 here. I think it was. I think it was uh, perfectly fine. But then again, I'm not gonna say it was perfectly 25. Uh, Rod, we're gonna go with you in terms of the characters out of 25. What do you think? 24. 24. You thought they were so well known. You thought it was great. Uh. Preston, what do you think? Characters?
1: Uh, Character-wise, uh, I'm gonna go twenty-two. Um, I mean, I thought the main characters were very. Uh, I mean, I thought Odyssey was certainly. I, I was about to say great. I don't think I would say it's like great, <laughs> you know, but like it's very. Uh, I could very entertaining in a, a kind of a fucked-up way. I mean, the characters were certainly interesting to say the least. I'll say this: this this is a tough. Uh, category to evaluate
0: because this is one of those movies like we talked about at the very beginning in terms of denouement. if you reveal too much then the story gets ruined a little bit so right. it's almost like you can't give someone too much backstory but you got to sort of balance it out. Joe, what do you think in terms of characters?
2: Yeah, I thought it found, it found that right balance. I'm going to get I'm yeah. going to say it's 22.
0: Okay. I'm going to a uh, dude I'm, I'm I'm hard on uh, Michael Jordan. I've got 23 again. Uh music. I don't know if that, again, I,
3: sometimes I don't pay attention to this stuff. Rod. what do you think of, about the music in Old Boy? Well, I think because the music actually played such a pivotal role to the, the movie itself um, as far as, you know, the song that made him go to sleep, because I think that was kind of hypnotic as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but besides that, it was kind of lacking. But, like, everything kind of see, like, even his phone ringtone, ringtone sounded similar to that song that came on. So I'm going to give it a 20. Oh, That's actually, so wait,
0: before we move on, what do you mean? So you, was, that's actually an interesting point So, the phone ringtone was similar to the music he was hearing in prison. I did not pick up on that. Is that what you're saying? To me, it sounded very similar. Okay. Uh, Preston, talk about the music for a little bit. And if you recognize that point, I didn't.
1: Uh, no, I'd have to go back and, and listen to that. It very well could be, uh, the case. Um, then that would be kind of cool.
0: Yeah, you know? especially if she like, then... If no, it, but that could add yeah. to the hypnotic type. It's like if you add sort of a different layer to it, it makes you sort of more susceptible to that power suggestion. Sorry, but go ahead.
1: Right. I mean, I, I will say, like, this is a film, I, I think if we saw again, if we really went deep into some, like, a- analysis of it... Uh, you know, like I think there, are, there are, there are layers to it for sure. I mean, that's like any Korean yeah. film. There are a lot of layers. Uh, but like having seen this film only one time, like the music, and I do f- focus on that. Like it was not, I'm um, with with Rod. It, it didn't like blow me away in in any ways. So, I mean, I, I also give it a twenty. Okay. Uh, Joe, what do you think in terms of music? Did it stand out to you? What do you think?
2: No, I didn't particularly stand out. So I got go twenty.
0: Okay. Again, yeah. Maybe this is something that, like, uh, but I know Preston had a lot of like good points to make about the music in Parasite in terms of how it worked. Uh Much And so I was, I was, I was trying to like try to tie these together in terms of Korean films. But this, I, I really didn't even notice it to be to be totally honest. I know there were moments where like crazy things happened and so sort of like they sort of emphasized a little bit of things. But then again, this is a movie that maybe didn't require sort of like music. It was so focused on terms of what was happening that like in terms of the raw moment of what was going on, because that's kind of what it was about in terms of the raw element of it. I'm, I'm going to give it a 22 just because I think, I think it was intentional to sort of leave some of that stuff out. All right. So finally we're going to get to the plot and then we're going to um, let Preston pick. So plot, plot, Rod, what do you think in terms of the overall plot? I mean, I think everyone's going to be just going to give these high ratings. What do you think? Twenty-five. Yeah. I mean, we already talked about the plot in terms of how convoluted and crazy and so well constructed
1: is. Presser, what do you think? Uh, I give it twenty-four, but I mean, yeah, it's it is. Uh, it's quite Preston a. Presser was like, time. we need
0: more. We need more incest.
1: Well, what I was thinking about was just kind of like the uh, your first. Uh, Point. Yeah. we started reviewing it like maybe a little bit more with the uh, 15 years past. Like, I don't know. Some levity
0: there. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was just kind of joking around. What do you think, Joe?
2: Uh, I'm going to go 25. It's like a Korean Saw meets Inception. So (laughs) uh, it was pretty, pretty, yeah. Another good uh, denim, denim or
1: whatever.
0: Yeah. Gonna use that in the uh, description. Saw meets Inception, meets subtitles, meets Korean (laughs) food uh <laughs> yeah no movie, yeah yeah no I'm gonna group with Preston because like I said I was gonna give it 25 but you're right I did I was critical of it so I people would be upset if I give it 20 it's 24 for me but this this movie is it's 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 a great movie and it's so fun it's so crazy if you've never seen it before uh we we didn't spoil it 100 because sometimes we get sort of caught up in the details but it's it's a fun movie it's wild 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 and it's not You don't just have to pay attention because of the subtitles. You need to pay attention because of the crazy plot points that go on. So That's going to wrap it up. For, <laughs> yeah, that's going to wrap it up in terms of uh, us discussing about, oh boy, we are going to get into some new and exciting stuff on the podcast, but right now we're going to let Preston tell us what movie we're doing next. So we've deal. all been like waiting <laughs> with bated breath. Preston, what do you think? Okay. What are we going to do?
1: Well, since uh, I brought up a david fincher film earlier i'm gonna oh, be, be doing another <laughs> david fincher film uh, because this movie uh, i actually saw when i was living in korea it is not a korean film but it is a wild wild ride of a film it's uh it's got some big stars in it and the name of the film is gone girl if okay. has all seen it I haven't.
0: I've, I've, I've heard a lot about it, and I've heard it's actually crazy in terms of... it's. I feel like you're carrying the theme over because I know there's a very big, crazy reveal at the
1: end. It's really, really uh, good. It's a great movie. But it, <laughs> okay. it, it's loud.
0: Uh, so is that streaming on a platform like uh, Netflix or is that streaming on anything? It's uh, on Shutter?
3: Let's see.
0: It's on Shutter. We still have
3: five days left.
0: I've got five days left on Just it's, uh, it's on Hulu. <laughs> it? Okay. Uh, All right, so we're going to... I'm sure everyone can be able to find it. Uh, So, what we're going to do, we're going to do Gone Girl next, which, again, David Fincher, one of the best directors out there, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So, Gone Girl next. Thank you.